Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! Enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. It's the secret to a hassle-free clean bathroom that many are discovering. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass, fixtures, tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to Effortless Clean. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Guys, I'm so psyched to have you on the show. I mean, I, and I'm psyched we're finally getting to talk. I've been such a fan of, of your guys' jam for a long, long time. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Right back at you. Hello and welcome to Literally. Today's a, a first. We're going to play music today. Not only are we going to play music, we are going to have one of my favorite bands of all time, Dawes, is with us today. And uh, their new album is Good Luck With Whatever. I love these guys so much. Um, and I hopefully you know who they are and you are as big a fans as I am. And if not, you're going to be in about an hour from now. So get ready for that. Um, you know, this is... Uh, the California Sound, man, Jackson Brown, the Eagles, Crosby, Stills and Nash, you know, but the new iteration of it, um, you know, that that feels fresh and cool. And these guys are so great. And stuff is going to come up in this conversation that first of all, turns out we went to school. To, we went to the same high school. This is I got to get to the bottom of it. I got to get to the bottom of if their minds were as polluted as mine were from going to Malibu Park. High school or junior high, in my case, anyway. Um, get ready to vibe out. This is such a cool episode. I'm so proud of this interview just because it's so fun and interesting. And we have music. We're getting to be a real show. Anyway, here comes Dawes. In doing a little research, I found out we all went to the same high school. I knew this. I knew this. I listened to your uh, interview with Dax. Yeah, I mean, wow. It, I went to, well, I went to it when it was Malibu Park Junior High. 
Wow. And you were there at the same time as, as like Sean Penn, correct? I was, oh yeah. So at, in our little junior high, I remember we had 714 students because I was the parliamentarian of the student <laughs> council. That shows you what kind of a big swinging dick I was. Hi, I'm the parliamentarian. Um, and so out of that group, we had Sean Penn, Emilio Estevez, Robert Downey Jr. Damn, um, insane. Charlie Sheen. What were they teaching you? <laughs> yeah, what were they teaching you? Now that I mean, how to smoke pot and the <laughs> was that still when the sports team was the controversial great white sharks instead of just what it is now, which is oh, the sharks? Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> oh, I missed that scandal. <laughs> no, we um, when I was there, the pool was always broken. The pool was always broken. There was nothing there. Um, I would. Oh, you'll like appreciate this though. We would play soccer on the upper field and um. My brother Chad played with uh, the Dylan kids, Jacob and Jesse. Oh, oh wow! And, and so Bob would come. And, well, that's intimidating. <laughs> and sit and watch. It was so cool. Wow! <laughs> what do you call this game? <laughs> hey, wait, wait, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. There's a lot of running around, but there's not much action. <laughs> that was like the worst Bob Dylan impersonation anybody has ever done. Um, wh- so, what years were you guys at, at, at Malibu Park? I graduated in 03. Yeah, I was 08. And you started the band there, right? The first iteration. My senior year, we, I, I was, I had, I just found a way to like do, do as little as possible. So I was getting out of school every day at, at one and I would drive to the Valley and we would rehearse. So it was pretty we much. We lived like in the Valley at that point. 2007. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we started a version of the band when I was still there, but that was called Simon Dawes. And by the time, and, and and Blake Mills was my partner with that, and he also went to Malibu High. But Jeez. by the time that, that broke up and it started becoming Dawes, I was out of high school and Griffin was doing his senior year. So you guys are by far the biggest band to come out of Malibu Park Junior High, other than maybe the Surf Punks. Do you remember that? Did you ever know about the Surf Punks? No. No. Oh, you might have to do a deep dive when we're done with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was always like the Malibu scene bands. They never went to the high school, but like... There was White Star with Cisco Adler. There was oh, there was that guy Schwazy who actually was my classmate. And then there was bands like Face Humper, which I don't know if they ever really made it out of town. Backbone sixty nine. Yeah, Backbone sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I heard that De- Devendra band. Yeah, also yeah, Devendra was, was there. Was a few years ahead of me. He was in like raver beads and Jinko jeans. It's very different aesthetic. Did you guys ever try to find any of the old studios from like where? Neil Young recorded and, and all of those, like, and, and Stevie Nicks, you know, there's that great Stevie Nicks song, uh, gold, that, that one-time wonder hit, you know, mm-hmm. where she talks about driving over Canaan, right. singing to my soul. Cause people out there turn the music into gold. Like my, <laughs> my obsession was where are they turning the music into gold over Canaan doom road? There was definitely Shangri-La. Yeah, that Shangri-La is still there. Um, somebody was telling me recently that they were dropping their kid off at Malibu High and they were like sitting in traffic on the way out and looked to their left and, and Neil Young was just like sitting in his car on his way wow. into that studio. But yeah, I mean, we were aware that, that that place was there, but I feel like, I don't know, I, I was so checked out of like, just I was just so bummed on high school. that like, I can't wait. Really... I can't even imagine somebody checked out in high school in Malibu. That's a I, I'm taking a minute to get my hand around. Yeah. Around I mean, that. at that point, my my overarching aspiration was just to be on tour. So, like, I, I don't even think I was thinking that far ahead, but certainly those places exist. And I'm sure there's still there's still remnants of them around. There's got to be. 
Were you guys, were you in your like, like, all, like classic class of, of future famous people? <laughs> were you guys all actors at that point or was that still to come? The school um, plays must have been insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talent shows, talent show. I remember Holly Robinson, who's an actress, singer, who's been around, but um, Holly was a great singer and she would sing Desperado as her throwdown at the talent show to Linda Ronstadt, who would sit in the front row and watch. Whoa. Whoa. That's wow. so cool. Um, my, my, my big throwdown was to do my version of Dan Aykroyd's famous sketch on SNL, Bassomatic, where you put a bass in a blender and drank it. <laughs> That's that sort of... So yeah, so we were all, you know, we were all doing it. Was music a big, a big thing in, because there was no, I don't remember anybody really doing music in Malibu. I mean, we still had dances in the, in the gym where bands played, not DJs, but like proper That's awesome. bands. And that was really fun. I remember like one of the, um, one of my classmates, I think she might've been a year younger than me. Her dad was the guy from, oh man, I forget the name of the band, but he would always come and sing the take this broken way. No way. Yeah, and it was like his tune, and it was so cool no. hearing it all the time. Yeah. Oh, you had, you came up in a better era because uh, we were stuck with Peter Yarrow of Peter Paul and Mary. And if uh. I hear Puff the fucking Magic Dragon one more time during assembly, I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, I remember we had Anthony Kiedis came and spoke to our class. Oh, lucky we didn't have that. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, music was for sure yeah. ha- happening. But like you, I mean, as you know, it was it's such a small school that. Like it was only a handful in each grade, maybe that actually played music. Mm-hmm. Did they teach music there? Because also, my, I'm, I'm a lot older than you guys, and we still taught. Part of your education was always learning a trade, so you'd have like wood shop. That's I, don't cool. think, I think those days are like long over. Well, Metal no shop. wood shop. Wood was shop still was still hanging out for like the very end by this really old guy. Might have been the same Mr. guy, Mr. Pool. Mr. Pool. Yes. Wow. He really lasted a while. <laughs> Mr. Pool. He was so old. He's so old. <laughs> I, I failed Mr. Pool's wood shop. <laughs> it seemed so dangerous. I never had his class, but I went inside and there's all these saws and like wood desks. And How like, do you fail that class? You have to like, cut a finger off or something? <laughs> no, my I had in my imagination, my project in my mind, I have a very good imagination, but I'm not handy at all. So I couldn't, and I remember being so frustrated that I couldn't put into practical usage what I wanted to build. And I, it was like, led to my first case of depression, probably. <laughs> and then zero tolerance from Mr. Pool. It, or handiness. <laughs> I'm still not your guy for that. If you, if you want something built, if, like when I drive by an Ikea, I break out in hives. <laughs> I'm a, um, who do, who are your, I mean, so I've always wanted to know about the Jackson Brown connection, like, because when I first heard your guys' music, I'm a huge Jackson Brown fan, and my guess is that we all have the same musical influences and tastes and stuff like that. But I was like, these guys are like, and I don't mean to say like the new Jackson Brown, because that's not what it is. You're, you're much more diverse, and it's unfair to compare anybody, but it, it definitely reminded me of it. What, what? Tell me about your history with Jackson. That was cool. We Our, our producer, Jonathan Wilson, who produced our first two records— and actually our sixth and what will be our eighth. Um, but he, when we made our first record with him, and then um, it was funny, after our first record, during our first record, we weren't really hip to that California music. I had no never way. heard of Warren's Evo Come song. on, no way. Yeah, and that, on the first record, that's, that's true. And then in the second record, Nothing Is Wrong, was when 
um, we had just realized like, wow, the Eagles and Jackson. Wait, wait, and- wait, wait. Well, hold up, pal. <laughs> you mean to tell me that you guys came up, how you came up with the music you guys do, you make an album and you're not like fam- that familiar with that sound? Not at all for the first time. That's for the first he, record. Like what, I, that's, that was how kind of how we got pigeonholed was part of like the Laurel Canyon sound, which is awesome. But yeah, like Taylor's saying, we had no, we had no uh, uh, frame of reference for that type of music. So it makes you wonder I mean, if there's something in the water out here in LA. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it was the kind of thing of like, I wonder if, if like people saying we kind of sounded like a California band made us do the research into it. And that's what made us discover, um, uh, you know, Zevon and, and Jackson and the deeper Joni. We knew Blue, we knew Crosby, and Nash, we knew Neil Young, but we didn't know. Um, yeah, we didn't know like like Eagles records. We didn't know like the deep Jackson stuff. We didn't know any Zevon. And so once we got turned on to that, our producer, Jonathan, was like, um, you know, I'm actually becoming, he was becoming friends with Jackson through through this amazing musician, Benji Hughes. And so it was time for us to mix our record. And um, and he was like, let's go do it at Jackson's spot in Santa Monica. It's a perfect place to mix it. And And we were like, we just made this record that definitely was influenced by him. And I just couldn't believe that he that that would that was real so i'm like oh my god let's do it so we go do it and and jackson is an incredibly kind and generous person but he's also like you know he's letting us use the studio he's got a lot of other things going on so he was like around but we weren't like we didn't totally um we didn't totally like line up right away it was just everyone's doing a lot of things at once and then i remember one day i don't remember how i brought it up but i i was like you know, those that those first two Zevon records that you produced are two of my favorite records of all time. And when you mention Zevon to him, he just lights up and it's like, oh, you're a Zevon fan. And it was just like it 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 that then he just opened up and just kept telling stories and kept asking questions. And then um and from that that like budding friendship, Jonathan, our producer, was like, Why don't you sing on this song? We had this song on the record called Fire Away, where we needed a last fourth part harmony for literally two lines. And, um, and Jackson's like, sure, I'll do it. And so he sang these two harmony parts, but after the harmony was over, he added one little like improv line where he's just out by himself. And it is like pure Jackson Brown. And all of us just were like, oh my God, our record has like a true Jackson moment on it now. And oh. it just it, it meant the world to us. And, and then from there, we just kind of like he just was, he, again, like I said, he's so generous and he wants, he wants to always be making music and involve whoever he's hanging with and talking with. So he's like, you know, I have to go to Spain and I have to play these shows in Spain. What if Jonathan and Dawes come with me and we all just play all these shows together. So we hung out in Spain for two weeks and that was like, we cemented the bond. Cause some of your guitar licks definitely feel like they're right out of like (laughs) my vintage Jackson, he was he was such a big part of my life of growing up in Malibu in that in that time and discovering his his work and you know when um late uh you know when Running on Empty came out like I was like that I was that I got to go to the record store to Euphoria Records in Malibu. There was one record store. It was called Euphoria. You can imagine what they were also selling there. The name <laughs> like that. And um, it would take a month for an album to hit Malibu after it come out anywhere else. And you'd go down there and you'd get that. And like, that was, that's what music was. In that <laughs> that's, so cool. and that's like, that's, 
it sounds like such a, a, a more romantic time. I remember my first record was at Warehouse and it was <laughs> Marcy's Playground. Yeah. <laughs> good record, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it's really good. It's record. not running on empty. No, it's not running on empty. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, mine was like Third Eye Blonde. Oh, no, mine was the MIB soundtrack from like mm-hmm. Blockbuster. Oh, dude. With it, with what was the big one he did? At, what was his big he, Wild, Wild West, Smith? right? No, yeah, that's Wild, the, the that's the Wild Wild West movie. This yeah. was the the um this was the the good oh, guys dressed like me in my B or whatever. It's wow. so or genius. Men, yeah, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> um the other thing you should know is um how I found you guys is um and I think it's kind of really kind of cool because it's only happened to me maybe once, one other time where I was out doing my business where I can't remember where I was. Oh, I remember I actually was, it was, um, I had music on, on some station. Um, and I was by, I was in my backyard and, um, a little bit of everything came on, but I, I didn't know what it was. It just came on and I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't listening to music. I was going about my day and it just stopped me cold in my tracks <laughs> and i was like what the fuck is this and i was like wow um and the only other time that happened was with that song superman which is another great song yeah and um i and i thought it'd be fun if you don't mind to give me a little a little bit of that since totally. give me a little bit of a little bit of everything because that was the song that introduced me to you and i'd love to introduce it to people who may not have have heard it yeah but I get to sing the, oh, oh, I get that lick. That's all I'm saying. back against the San Francisco traffic On the bridge's side that faces towards the jail Setting out to join the demographic He hoist his first leg up over the rail Then a phone call's made and police cars show up quickly And the sergeant slams his passenger door He says, hey kid, why don't you talk through this with me? Just tell me what you're doing it for Oh, it's a little bit of everything It's the mountains, it's the fog It's the news at six o'clock It's the death of my first dog It's the angels up above me It's the song that they don't sing It's a little bit of everything There's an older man who stands in a buffet line He is smiling And he's holding out his plate And the further that he looks back into his timeline That hard road always led him to today 
He's making up for when his bright future just left him. He's making up for the fact that his only son is gone. And letting everything out once his server asks him. Have you figured out yet what it is you want? I think I'll have a little bit of everything. The biscuits and the beans. Whatever helps me to forget about these things that brought me to my knees. So pile on those mashed potatoes. And how about an extra chicken wing? Cause I'll be having a little bit of everything. Somewhere a pretty girl is writing invitations for a wedding that she has scheduled in the fall. Her man walks in and says, Baby, can I make just one observation? You don't seem to be having any fun at all. She says, Well, you could just worry about your groomsmen. And your shirt size And rest assured That this is making me feel good I think that love is so much easier Than we realize If you can give yourself to someone Then you should Cause it's a little bit of everything The way you laugh, the way you ache It's getting up way before you So I could just watch you as you wake So on that day in late September It's not just some stupid little ring It's a little bit of everything So fun, so great There was another chorus, I just forgot the words all of a sudden Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day? Or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky? Same day. Or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment? There's only one answer. California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. Look, I love California, Um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, You have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. 
They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy. Thanks to Bark. Every month we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. What's your songwriting process like? You write anywhere, everywhere, when it hits you, to carry a notebook, How's it got? What's like the specifics of it? Um, I used to be better about the notebook. The notebook is such a help when I'm when I have more of a discipline with it. I always tell myself that I'll be able to have the same results from just being more proactive with like the voice no, um uh with like the note section of a phone, but it's just not true. Um Yeah. Um honestly, like when it comes to writing, I write by myself and then I bring it to the band and then we arrange as a band. So it's not one of those things like you hear about like the Stones or certain bands where they go into the studio with nothing and then they just kind of groove until they find the song. We won't, we actually want to do that. We've never done that though. Um, I write the songs kind of like that, like by myself. And then we figure out how to play it as a group. Um, through the years, there've always been different approaches and it's like, it's sort of like that. This might sound silly, but it's sort of like that Miles Davis quote where he's like, you know, I'm really good at playing ballads. That's why I don't play ballads anymore. Um, and so like whenever I get into a groove where like, oh, I'm, I, I love to write at night. I love to write at home off tour. I love to like have a drink or whatever it is. Then it's like, oh shit. Like whenever there's all of a sudden like a protocol, I want to throw that out the window and never do that again. Because I, I guess I worry that like, I feel like I can use that against me. I can, I can use that to like ward off inspiration. Like, well, no, I, even though this is a good idea for a song, I'm not in my zone. I'm not in my space. And I don't want to ever think like that. So I really try to just be open to anywhere at any time in any yeah. way. Um, 
And and that's worked out sometimes. Like I, you know, I've found myself like getting off a plane and singing a vocal idea into a uh, in, into my voice memo, and like that turning into um, who do you think you're talking to actually? And so stuff like that can happen. Um, but then you know, all of our songs have way too many lyrics, so that always takes uh, a long time for me to like write all of. <laughs> and Griffin, do you ever? Has there been the thing where you go, "That's great, thanks, bro," or "Bro, it's not yeah. there yet." I mean, I, I don't know if I if I'm ever if it's ever as, as harsh as that because <laughs> so that's just me and my brother. That's why we talk to each other. I mean, it's generally pretty. It's pretty rad. But Taylor will send me stuff. I guess usually before we we play it as a band, and then sometimes it's like, yeah, dude, that's fucking awesome. And sometimes it's uh, I'll have suggestions here and there. Well, I don't know if they always are pertinent, but yeah. And um, I also was. Uh, reading about your guys' sort of theory about how bands stay together and, and why they break up and stuff like that. And I, I had a, once I was able to have a really interesting conversation with Chris Martin about, about Coldplay and how they do it. And he was telling me that they just went to Bono and you too. And we're like, how do you guys do it? <laughs> and uh, he was like, we, where people get into trouble a lot of times is, is money and credit. And we make sure that that's never an issue. And we've been together ever since. And so that's what the Coldplay guys do, particularly when there's like, you know, front man and, you know, and it, 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 it's, it's hard. It's, it, it, it gets complicated. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, on top of that, like balance of power is kind of a thing. Like yeah. it, what I think the reason that we've been not just able to see together, but like thrive and, and get along so well is that we all give each other space to, to, to do whatever it is that each of us does. So it's like, we know our, what we're good at and, and everything is essentially democratic. So nobody's like, you know, pushing an idea that, that, that the other three guys are maybe not for. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I recently did some recording with John Fogarty and he was telling me like, he was talking about credence and he was oh, saying like, um, man. He was like, yeah, you know, I, we made those records because we made, we made the records we made because I, I knew exactly what we wanted, what I wanted to hear. Um, but he was kind of saying like that, that, that also might've been part of why we ended up not getting along. So if you have one person in there, that's like this visionary that knows exactly what it is. Yeah, they Brian, Wilson, hear. Brian Wilson or, yeah. you know, there's a yeah. bunch of yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's 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 yeah, it it really is this like relinquishing of control, like like really recognizing like this is a four way marriage, and just like in a marriage, there will be times where it's like, well, that's not exactly how I wanted to spend our weekend, but it's a bit of what I wanted to do, and it's a bit of what you <laughs> wanted to do, and now we're doing it, and it's great. Um, but it's sort of like that with songs where. I'll write a song and I'll be like, oh, this could totally be the single uh, or or this could totally be, you know, whatever. And then like one or more of the other guys hear it in a different way or we all just hear it in our own way. And then by the time we like put all that together, it's like, oh, this is really cool. It's definitely not a single anymore. And um, but that's OK. And that's that's what it needs to be. I don't want to like like kind of bulldoze my way through it as someone that isn't a drummer and isn't a bassist and isn't a keyboard player and say like, here's what you all do. Um, because yeah. I wrote the song because it's just going to like create tension and stress when, yeah. when the reality is we all have a, a voice to express. Yeah. I feel like it, it, it kind of what it means to be in a band is to not 
is to yeah to see control it's to not i mean if you have a uh, if you have somebody in the band that that is a, a producer then like they, and they're on a mission to make the record they want to hear and then it's not really a band dynamic you know it's like we we kind of have to have a, a producer whether it's Jonathan Wilson or whoever that to essentially act as that arbiter because we're it, it's necessary that we don't get in each other's shit in order to like you know kind of just keep the vibe alive. Well, that's the perfect lead in. Um, my my next request. I love this. Is like I'm doing requests. It's great. Though. <laughs> it's very very cool. And you guys are so kind to to do this for me because it, it just is a fan. It makes me happy. But uh, since we're on the subject, maybe we'll hear. May all your favorite bands stay together. Yeah. Night drives and hot French fries in France around the country, from Charlottesville to good old Santa Fe. Uh, when I think of you, you still got on that hat that says let's party. I hope that thing is never thrown away. I hope that life without a chaperone is what you thought it'd be. I hope your brother's El Camino runs forever. I hope the world sees the same person that you always were to me. And may all your favorite bands stay together. Now I'm just waking up and I'm not thinking clearly, so don't quote me. With one eye open, I'm writing you this song. Ain't it funny how some people pop into your head so easily? Cause I haven't seen you in there for so long. I hope that life without a chaperone is what you thought it'd be. I hope your brother's El Camino runs forever. I hope the world sees the same person that you always were to me. And may all your favorite bands stay together. May all your favorite bands stay together. Including Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah. Not much yeah. hope there, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> That's so sweet. Sweet song. Um, can you imagine you're, you're the Creedence guys or you're the, like, there's so much out there for them. All they have to do is be yeah. like, yeah, dude, I'm sorry. Whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. all good. I mean, right? It's so Those stories are wild. I was just reading like a Peter Buck interview where like he says, like, you know, it's not even like REM broke up. We just we just don't really tour anymore, but we still are good friends. We st- and I'm like, how can you resist like being like a REM that still gets along and all you gotta do is like play these awesome songs to like to have the world just like shower you the, with so much love. Or the the Jimmy Page. Yeah, uh, you know when when uh, when Zeppelin reunited. I'm obviously without John Bonham, but 
but when they reunited for some big thing and it was yeah. like five years ago and they had all these offers for billions and trillions, they just couldn't, they just couldn't, eh. I don't, <laughs> Peter Gabriel, bro, come on, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. you want you want him to get back with Genesis? No, the really, the one I want of all of them, if I could have one of them for sure would be Roger Waters back in Pink Floyd. Yeah. Oh, David yeah. Gilmore back yeah. in, the, in the band would be. Yeah, yeah. That that's, would be so cool. That'd be the one. Uh, I, the, the, I love them both, but I saw the wall tour, not the Pink Floyd one, the one Roger Waters does now from time yeah. to time. It's the best concert experience of my life. Yeah, our producer uh, Jonathan Wilson is is uh, actually playing guitar and doing a lot of the Gilmore vocals. You're kidding? Yeah, he did the last tour. He didn't do that wall tour where it was just okay. the wall show. He did that last album cycle tour, but Which they do like a lot of those years, songs. Yeah. yeah, the last two years. If you saw him the last two years, you saw him. Oh yeah, bro, you're married to Mandy Moore. Yeah, she's congratulations on that. <laughs> well done, sir. I was, I was, um, the break right before I got on this call, I was fighting with the car seat. I'm, we're gonna have a kid in like weeks. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, but it's, I, I, you, it's been creeping up in the songwriting. Yeah, 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 for sure. It has the been. The next I, record, the next record will be like pure Raffy, just like me and my boy. <laughs> Dude, do me a favor and write a bedtime lullaby. Yeah, I'll try. That's what we need. There's there's an obscure, it's either Beatles or John Lennon one that that's such a part of putting my son to bed. Is it Beautiful Boy? It's not Beautiful Boy. No. Um, and it might even be them covering something. And I might even be imagining it, but we're way overdue <laughs> for for a new bedtime nighty night. I mean, I can only hear a House on Pooh Corner so many more times. <laughs> <laughs> how old how old is your 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 kid oh dude my my youngest is 25 oh oh and wow. my oldest and by the way you're you're, you're still putting him to bed <laughs> 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 oh yes but in a very different way yeah. um, <laughs> and we'll be right back after this you know the only thing i ever let interrupt my podcast my dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats to keep my dogs healthy and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed, just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. 
We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Rob Lowe. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. Nothing affects you more than having than getting married and having a kid as a, as a kind of a, it affected my acting. I can only imagine mm-hmm. how it affects your songwriting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I've really like welcomed it. I've definitely had some of those guys that wanted to, some friends that wanted to kind of project their experience onto me. Um, one friend that was like, man, when I got married and had kids, I just stopped writing. So look forward to that. And I was like, whoa. Um, but Easy. honestly, like a lot of my favorite writers, older and new, they incorporate that in such beautiful ways. Like, um, like they don't, they're not afraid to be the 40 year old songwriter writing about what it means to be a husband or a wife um, or a mother or a, or a father. Um, and I, I, and at this point, it's like what I resonate with most. Like when I go back to the, the, the writers and the records that really fired me up when I was a 22 year old single person, it's like, oh, I see why I loved it so much, but it's not telling me about myself and currently, you know, um, yes. whereas like guys like Loud and Wainwright, um, yep. definitely uh, Jason Isbell right now, like they're not afraid to write about where they are. And that um, is so um, great for me as just like a, a fan. And so and and as and as just like looking to them as that, that sort of guidance as a as a growing writer, because like m- our first four records is almost 100 percent like songs of longing or breakup songs and and then at, after that it's like okay how do you get how do you start to like widen the lens another one that i another like hero in this respect is uh elvis costello because oh. it's he's got so good at occupying other people's perspectives which is uh, in my opinion i don't know if this is the fair i feel like that's the mark of a more mature uh advanced writer is when you can like i'm gonna write a song about an experience i did not have Mm. Um, and I feel like that's harder to do when you're younger. 
Um, so at this point, like, yeah, like a lot of our songs are, I still want to like, I don't know, I don't think about this, but I still hope that there's some sort of like cohesive, like worldview mm. or, or, or attitude that makes it seem like it's coming from a, a certain viewpoint or certain individual, but I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to tell people like, you know, I'm not going to like air the dirty laundry between like, you know, Mandy and I who have like a really nice, normal, happy marriage. Like, it's just like, that's, I don't want to go there anymore the way I did. Yeah. And at a, at a certain point, I mean, I feel like that's a, that's a, a, a mark of a great author as well. It's like you, some of our, our favorite authors, it's, they don't do anything but write. I mean, how do you, how else do you, 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 you have, there has, there's a certain amount of time you have to spend doing your thing. So you, you, you know, by default, your life probably isn't that crazy. Um, so you have to write about other people. Otherwise, like your songs and your, your stories would be very boring. Yeah. I used to worry like, well, don't, aren't I supposed to like go out there and live and stay out all night? And like, and isn't that what it means to be a guy in a band? And it's like, Oh no, I, Actually, it's, it's maybe it might not be romantic. I might not feel like a rock and roll attitude, but actually being home and 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 devoting to being the best partner I can be, the best person I can be, and then and then yeah, reading and writing all the time um, is what's going to make me a better songwriter than like staying out late with my pals. <laughs> well, and it's also great for for your the people who are listening because that's how you grow, that your audience grows with you. Because otherwise, mm -hmm. yeah. the, the you know the audience outgrows you, or you outgrow the audience. And like you know, I'm, I I love Springsteen. He's a guy, and what I love about mm -hmm. Bruce is he writes. He's always writing a decade ahead of me. Yeah. So, uh, it's an actual road post. Because at first it was having kids. Bruce had kids five years before I did, and it was there were songs about kids, and mm -hmm. they moved me, and I love him, and he's great. And now you know Bruce is. 70 something, something crazy. Wow. And he's writing about yeah. mortality and, you know, age and, you know, and again, it's, I'm like right behind him. And yeah. those, those songs are speaking to me. I, I, I don't, I love born to run. I love all the, that stuff, but that's, that's from another time, another era. And then yeah. maybe you get lucky and you write a timeless one that has no, there's no clock on it at all. Yeah. It's not about any, like, any, any part of your life. It just is. Yeah. Like, like blown in the wind or. Or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also think you get you guys capture your relationship with Los Angeles is hilarious to me because it's it's so on the nose. It's so like <laughs> at once embittered and jaded and and full of love and and affection and <laughs> and it's it's it. L.A. is a trippy place. Like whenever you know people ask like how you feel about it, it's like it's it is all of the things that people want to hate on it that like all the criticisms it gets, those are true. I can't really argue with them, but it's also becomes what you love. Like, like this is the kind of place where like the way I always describe it is like, it's a, we, everyone has this, we've seen too much attitude. Like if you live in LA and one of your friends says like, I just got, I just got hired for that pilot. I'm going to be in that show. Your, your, your LA friends are going to be like, cool. Let me know how that goes. Like if you lived anywhere else, it would be like, holy shit, that's incredible. That's a huge deal. Yeah. And here it's just like, we don't care until we should care. And it's the same with being in a band. I feel like yeah. a slave I just because we're in a band. I, I would imagine it's the same uh, as an actor. It's like you, I'm, I'm pissed that I had to, you know, spend as much money as I did on a house, even though like <laughs> I, I could be living in like a fucking castle in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, like I, I, I absolutely have to be here and, and I love this city, but I love it be, be, not necessarily because of 
uh, you know, any of the the obvious things such as the climate or anything, it's more just the access to culture. And it's like, if you want to play music or be an actor, like you have to be close to here. I do find though, like I was talking to my friend who recently moved out of here. I find that it does. And I guess this is like the, what we were talking about, like the, the back and forth, like it creates a complicated relationship with ambition where, um, especially during this pandemic where, um, I found myself cause I can't tour, you know, we can, I'm writing songs, but we can't do what we love to do. And so I'm like hanging out at home through a global pandemic and, and reading these books and watching these movies and telling myself like, well, you like reading books. Like, why don't you, why don't you write one? What's your problem? Or, or, or you like, you like, um, movies. Why don't you try to write one? What's your problem? And I feel like if I lived in like, you know, an awesome place like Billings, Montana, I, I wouldn't be giving myself shit about like writing a book or a movie. I would just be like, I love books and movies and I'm going to make music <laughs> when I can again. But here in LA, you're just kind of conditioned to feel like, why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing yeah. more at but all I, times? I think that's what, at least for myself, it's what makes me any good at, at what I do is is the reality yeah. that like there, there are a hundred folks behind me that are that want, you know, half the opportunity that we've been afforded. So it's like, it, it's, it is, yeah, I feel like a slave to the, this rat race in a way where it's like, I have to get up and, and, you know, be productive every day or else I feel like, um, somebody's doing it better than I am or, or working harder than I am out competing me. Um, and that's not necessarily the healthiest thing at a certain <laughs> point, you know? No, it's, I, I 100% relate. I mean, cause there's, I always, though, I always think about, well, I could do what my fourth cousin once removed did, John Cougar Mellencamp, and just move to Bloomington and be the king of Bloomington. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the king. Can you imagine the king? I think he must own the town, right, yeah. at this point. And um, it, yeah, it, it, we, we discovered we were cousins recently. It was hilarious. Oh, that was recent. Wow. Recently, yeah. I know it was never in the family. You'd think it'd be like, hey, you know, you're related to... Little pink houses, right? I mean, I'm down with pink houses as much as the next guy. It's fucking great shit. But no, only recently did we. And then when I met him, because both of our kids graduated in the same class at Duke. And that's the oh, and wow. so that's how I met him. And I was like, I heard a rumor. And he was like, yeah, yeah, no, it's true. He's like so funny because he's very <laughs> gruff. And well, I mean, his nickname is the little bastard. That's I mean, I'm making it up. I'm not telling tales out of school. That's That's his nickname. He's great. But he's like. Yeah, now it's my mother's is is a second cousin of your grandma and your father's. It was very convoluted, but yeah. <laughs> so you could always you could always pick your Billings, Montana. You could be the king of Billings, Montana. Yeah. That sounds really fun. Maybe at a certain <laughs> point is. in my life, I feel like I get bored pretty quick. I mean, not I mean that Billings Billings is amazing, but like I don't know. I'm just cont- I'm we're from here, and like I think I just get bored. Well, let's uh, let's let's hear. If you don't mind, let's hear time spent in Los Angeles. Let's yeah. hear how you really feel about Los Angeles. And more, and more specifically, the female females who populate yeah. Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any experience with that, so I'm really interested. <laughs> These days my friends don't seem to know me. Without my suitcase in my hand And when I'm standing still 
I seem to disappear But maybe that's how I found you Maybe that taught me exactly what I want Maybe meeting you this far away from home Is what makes it all so clear That you got that special kind of sadness You've got that tragic set of charms That only comes from time spent in Los Angeles Makes me want to wrap you in my arms When people ask me where I come from To see what that says about a man I only end up giving bad directions That never lead them there at all It is something written in the headlights It is something swimming in my drink And if I were the moon It'd be exactly where I'd fall got that special kind of sadness You've got that tragic set of charms That only comes from time spent in Los Angeles Makes me want to wrap you in my arms I used to think someone would love me For all these places that I've been And the dirt that I've been gathering Deep beneath my nails But now I know what I've been missing And I'm going home to make it mine And I'll be battening the hatches And pulling in the sails Cause you got that special kind of sadness You've got that tragic set of charms That can only come from time spent in Los Angeles Makes me wanna wrap you in my arms Yeah, I think I've met that girl <laughs> <laughs> I've met that girl. Not the girl you want to marry. <laughs> yeah. Nope. But definitely the one you want to write a song about. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of songs about her. <laughs> uh, a big thrill of mine was getting to meet Sharona of My, my Sharona. My Sharona. Wow. Yes. It was a very big moment for me. Her name was really Sharona? Sharona. She's a realtor. Still around. <laughs> and it's not, it was not like an apocryphal story of like, she came and said, hey, by the way, I'm, I'm Sharona. Of the, Doug Figer, of God bless him, uh, died a couple years ago. He was one of my great friends of the Knack who wrote the song. Was like, hey, I want you to meet Sharona, man. Oh, like, what? Wow. wow. I was hoping you were going to say, like, it says on her business card as a real estate agent. It, she, well, our company is <laughs> mum, 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 mum. My Sharona. It's five M's. It's five M's. That's how you know me. Um. I, I was always thinking I'm kind of obsessed with like songs written about 
famous people that people don't really know. Like, I, I bet you a lot of people don't realize Rosanna is about Rosanna Arquette. Oh, oh wow, I didn't really? know that. You guys didn't know? No. Wait, but what, those dudes were all married at that point, right? Wait a minute. Are you insinuating? I, I, I mean, I don't. It, maybe I'm wrong. That I just, a rock I, I star? Just, <laughs> I just finished the Jeff Picaro bio like yesterday. Oh, how? So. No way. I have to get that. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's just like a oh. lot of stories about about those those seven records. So, explain to me why um, Rosanna, why that whole drums thing on Rosanna is so gnarly, and that ever that it's like legendary. So, I'm, I'm not a drummer. I don't understand the technicalities <laughs> of it. But between the Purdy shuffle on yeah. that that uh, Steely Dan tune, yeah, Home at Last, I think it is, and and this one, they're the most famous like pop thing. Explain it to me. So he was obsessed with Purdy. Um, like there was like a, I think a King Curtis track that when he was 19, um, Keltner, Jim Keltner showed mm-hmm, him and it, and it like changed his life. So when, I guess when, I think it was David Peich wrote that song yep. and, and brought it to Jeff and the way that that band would record is whoever, um, wrote the song would generally like produce the song. So for that track, he was like, I'm thinking a Bo Diddley thing. And Jeff was doing, a you know, five, six sessions a day at that point. He was like the biggest drummer in town. And he had this shuffle. He would, he was, he was ripping that Purdy shuffle, I think pretty unabashedly like on every record. And there's also that, that, um, what's the Zeppelin song? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Fool in the Rain. Yeah, there you go. yeah. That's such a great. Yeah. That's so that's kind of a similar, a similar yes. feel. So yep. the, what differentiates that, um, from home at last is that the the bass drum figure the boom 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 that's that's like a a, a kind of like a New Orleans second line Bo Diddley feel so he was putting that under that that's that type of like triplet um, shuffle that's that's can why you, that. can you beatbox the whole thing I don't think I could <laughs> oh that would be amazing. <laughs> But one one thing I was really interested in now that we're off on a toto kick to hear was that Africa was written around that beat and it was a two bar loop that he started playing one day with the percussionist Lenny Castro and they found two bars and looped it and then they wrote that entire song and Jeff actually had um he had the concept in mind and like had 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 uh, conveyed it to Paish and, and they wrote and they just wrote Africa and it was like their biggest hit. Wow. Do they uh, talk in the book about um, the Rob Lowe project that they wrote and produced? <laughs> no, but I'm and by the way, I'm it. being, I'm being dead serious. It's a, it's a career. Uh, there was a moment where I was confused in my career <laughs> and um, somehow I got it in my head that maybe cause I love music so much and I'm passable, passable, barely. Uh, but I found myself with Toto in the studio, wow! Recording with Pay. It was with Page, wow. mostly with Page. Um, and which, which studio? The one in the in the one in the house in the valley. They had they because him and Page both had one. Was it the the villa or? It looked like a Tudor. It was like a Tudor, okay. v- like villa. They like I guess record one was they they both modeled their studios exactly after a studio in the valley. It was, uh, I, I, I th- let's just put it this way. Everybody involved was inches away from getting sober. 
<laughs> it was it was sort of my about to turn that corner. <laughs> you know, it was it was it was uh, it was my last hurrah. And what's funny is I'm as we're talking, I'm I'm about I'm moving out of my house, and I found the tape. The tape. Oh, yeah. dude, please. Oh, well, not tape, but I got one other that's really wild though, because then I wasn't so sure that it was happening there. So I did another session with Richard Perry. Whoa! Wow. That's a trip. Will you please release that to the world? I, I feel like I every- mean, no, they're horrible. <laughs> Wait, so it's all it's all of Toto, the entire band? It was um it was so it's it was Picaro, um, Page. I think it was basically just the two of them. Okay. Wow, that's incredible. They started it, so I mean that's the core of the band there. Yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. Listen, it was a fun, it was a fun thing. And it taught me, no, stick to, act, <laughs> stick to acting kid. Did either of them, uh, cause it's, they make Jeff out to really be like a, a straight shooter. Was he just like, Hey man, this isn't your bag. No, he didn't say much. It was, this was, this was, Paige was going to be my, uh, you know, uh, he was going to be my guru. It's quite a guru. He's going to bring Rob Lowe to the top 40 radio. <laughs> Thank God it didn't happen. <laughs> one one day, yeah, one day yeah. they're sitting. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, well, it's funny actually. I was you you reminded me. I've never actually told anybody this, um, but uh, you were talking about how when songs are written about like famous people and they just don't know it. Um, That's our our, our our. This isn't that crazy of a thing, but um, my. My girlfriend, we were making North Hills, our first record, right before, right? We, we broke up like before we started recording it. But one of the songs I wrote was about her having, and I, it was just like full blown denial. She didn't want anything else to do with me. I was totally kicked to the curb. So the song isn't actually true, but um, there's a song called My Girl to Me. And she, and it's about basically like, yeah, man, you can, int- like, I mean, I hope you guys are having fun, but she's still my girl to me. That's the essence of the whole thing. But when she broke up with me, she started um, she started dating Joaquin Phoenix for like four years. They were together for a long time. So that song technically is like me speaking to him. We 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 met years and years and years later. Oh, that's amazing for like a brief second. But it was sort of this funny thing. Like I've thought about that before when we were playing it. Like it'd be people would probably get a kick out of the fact that this is weirdly a song from Taylor to Joaquin. <laughs> That should have been the title. Uh, yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. That, back in the days when they did parenthetical titles. Yeah. yeah. That was like where the, where they, I always felt like that was the record label going, I don't like that title. You're putting this title in as a parentheses title. Right, right, right. So everyone wins. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not catchy. Um, <laughs> guys, this has been so fantastic. Um, I, I really appreciate you guys doing this. I want to close with my new favorite song. Um, off the new album, <laughs> um, me especially. And because I think it's everything you were talking about in terms of, you know, now you're writing to a new phase in your life. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I appreciate the, this song getting some love. I actually haven't sung the song since the record came out. So come on. Appreciate, appreciate the request. I mean, we would have if we got to tour, but toured, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the king of the deep cuts. Yeah. As far as I could tell 
I was the center of the universe The favorite stepchild of our mother earth And every camera's dream Till something broke the spell And the cold hard facts I was hiding from We're at the mercy of a pendulum And I was smashed to smithereens Let's try and have some fun tonight Let's act like we got nowhere else to be Like we're just as young as we used to be And it goes for everyone But me especially Documents and names And I twitch away From what they really mean In the shadow world Of the in-betweens That surrounds us On all sides You can look the other way in fact, that's all I did until recently Till the expiration of my amnesty Left me nowhere else to hide Let's try and have some fun tonight Let's act like it could always be this good Like we're just as young as we used to be And it goes for everyone But me especially On the last leg with low reserves A desperado that lost his nerve Trying now to serve Teach me how to serve Cause we're not as young goes for everyone but me especially why am I still the youngest guy my age why am I 
There's a lot of good lyrics, but why am I still the youngest guy my age might be, <laughs> might be, might be the one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> that, that, uh, I've contemplated that many, many times. <laughs> my cat was lurking around the computer and the mic that whole time I was waiting for him to just kind of pounce and start making noise and stuff. I'm glad that didn't happen, but. He could have sang some of the harmonies. He would have. That's very, uh, his style. I, I I hope everybody listening checks out the uh, the album versions of of the songs. They're amazing acoustic, but they're also like I can hear the harmonies and hear the the guitar. I, I miss the guitar. Yeah, wah, 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 yeah wah. it's so good. The guitar <laughs> tones are so good, <laughs> so good. Well, man, I mean, I know we're not quite Toto, but anytime you want to get back in the studio and start, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and get the band back together, you can, you get that old band back. I mean, I, I, all right, I'm down to clown, you know, that's <laughs> what I need not? to do. I need to have you guys come act on Lone Star or something and then <laughs> I'll come and, and, you can, and you can bury me, my, my harmony, you know, you can just, you can give me the Linda McCartney treatment. You can put me. Yeah. Pan you to the left and mute you. Yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> I mean, to the left and mute me. Uh, this is great, guys. This is so much totally. fun. Um, Absolutely, man. Thanks for having us. All right, man. All right, Thanks, guys. you guys. All right, dude. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Wow. I just had the time of my life. I hope you guys did, too. Um, those guys are so talented. God, I could listen to their them sing and play for forever and geek out. Um, and I loved that they didn't know that Rosanna was about Rosanna Arquette. Duh. Come on now, get in the music business, Dawes. Uh, anyway, thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm in the best mood now and I'm just going to zen out and um, sit in traffic and be happy about it. I'm going to be happy. Nothing can piss me off today because I just had Dawes, a big dose of Dawes. We've come to the end of the podcast. This is when the magic happens. It is time for the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe, 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Mr. Lowe, this is Laura from Texas. Not only are you attractive on the outside, your love for your sons and wife make you even more attractive for sure. Uh, have you ever interviewed your wife or sons on your podcast? I looked back and didn't see that, but wanted to know if that was something that you would be interested in doing. We'd love to hear more about them and love to hear their side on what you're like as a father and husband. Love your podcast. Keep it going. Bye. Hey, Laura. Well, first of all, thank you. That's really, really sweet and makes me feel great. That is a great idea to interview my boys and Cheryl. That's a great idea. By the way, we're coming. You can see us on Family Feud coming up. It was Cheryl's. Um, Cheryl's obsessed with Family Feud, and she's impossible to surprise. Impossible. 
And I managed to get her to the set of Family Feud without knowing where she was going, only for her to discover that she was playing in it. And it's, it airs on June 6th. So um, if you really want to see the lows in action, that that would be a good taste. Um, but in the meantime, uh, I, I actually am going to – you should be the producer of this podcast because no one else, my highly paid team, has ever come up with that idea. You'd think. But no, you did. And I am going to do that. And, th- and I will do that. And you're absolutely right. I do adore those three lunatics, my sons and my, my wife. And um, I've always felt if I could stomach it, if I could stomach doing a reality show of my family, it would make the Kardashians look like romper room. Um, so maybe some of that will come out when we, uh, when we do this interview. <laughs> Thanks for listening. All right. I'll see you all next week on Literally. You have been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe. Produced and engineered by me, Devin Tory Bryant. Executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Stitcher. The supervising producer is Aaron Blair. Talent producer, Jennifer Samples. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.